going to be doing Urban Legends Part 2. So, I hope you enjoy them. A mother pleads for help. One evening, a young couple were driving home after seeing a movie. It was late in the wooded area. They were driving through what was very dark, steadily in the headlights. They saw a woman stagger into the road, waving her arms, slamming on the brakes. They saw that she was a mess. Her clothes were torn. She had blood on her, and she looked distraught. Please, she said. You have to help me. My car is skidded off the road into the trees, and my baby is still in the back seat. I couldn't get the door open. Please. Of course, the couple wanted to help. The man asked his wife to call the police. While he went into the trees to look, sure enough, the car had slammed into a big tree. The man could hear a baby crying in the back seat and was relieved that the child was alive. He managed to get the door open and remove the baby, who seemed unharmed. Then he noticed someone in the driver's seat slumped over and not moving. Deciding he would return, he went back to his wife who informed him that the police and an ambulance were on their way. But where was the woman who had flagged them down? She said she was going back to the trees to try to help you. His wife said, I told her not to, but she went anyway. But she never came back, the man answered. Curious. The man left the baby with his wife and went back to the car, calling out for the woman, but there was no answer, and she didn't reappear. He wandered around the car and looked through the windshield. From his angle, he could see the driver's face. It was the woman who had flagged them down in the road. He turned pale and felt lightheaded. A while later, the police and ambulance arrived and determined that this woman had died on impact when the car hit the tree. It seems that her ghost emerged from the trees to save the life of her baby before passing on. This is a good example of a ghost leading the way to a discovery story in this case to a trapped baby to be rescued. These kinds of ghosts are usually helpful and very tragic. Most often, they only want to fix something or right a wrong before they move on. The Real House of Horrors Bobby loved the House of Horrors at the local carnival. Every year, when the carnival came through his town for a week during the summer, he went as often as he could, always wanting to see how it changed from year to year. He was 14 now, 
and maybe getting a bit old for this, but he still liked it. After paying to get in, he wandered about in the dark, remembering pretty much where everything was. Oh well, nothing new until he heard the floorboards underneath him creak, and then something fell down in front of him, swinging. That was new. Once he got over the genuine shock, he stood back to see what it see that it was a dummy, all wrapped up, hanging by the neck, swaying back and forth. Realizing that this was about the coolest thing he had ever seen, a thought came to him. What if he could steal the dummy and hang it up in his room? His friends would be most impressed by how awesome it was. So he decided to hang around the carnival until well after dark and closing time. On his way out, he almost bumped into someone a creepy old guy he had never seen before who just stared at him. The new manager? Who knows? He was weird. So Bobby got out of his way as fast as possible. He waited around, circling back to the house of horrors. Every now and then, checking to make sure everyone was gone, he snuck back and made his way to where the dummy was. He stepped on the same floorboards, and once again, the dummy fell down from the ceiling. Awesome, he said. If he could just get the rope loose, he could sneak out with it and walk away as though he was one of those people who won a stuffed animal at the carnival. Nobody would ever suspect his thief. He tugged and tugged, but the dummy wouldn't come free. There was something strange about this dummy, but Bobby wasn't sure what. He grabbed one of the arms and pulled. It came off. Only it wasn't what he expected. Inside was a human bone. In shock, he grabbed at the clothes, covering the face, and ripped it off. There was the rotting face of a corpse more of a skeleton now. It smelled terrible, and he immediately turned to run, only to see the creepy man from earlier. The man grinned, and Bobby felt something hit him on the head. Then he blacked out. He woke up sometime later to find he couldn't move his arms or legs. He was completely bound by something, maybe string or tape. The creepy man was smiling at him. Such a nice boy, he cackled. So much better than the old bag of bones you discreated. Bobby couldn't scream, couldn't make any sounds at all, because the cloth was stuffed in his mouth. The creep forced his head down and he could see the remains of the corpse below him. He was poking around where he should have too, the man said, and now you'll have to replace him. With a laugh, the creepy man started to wrap cloth over Bobby's face. In terror, Bobby blacked out again. When he woke up, he could hear voices, but they were kid voices, and it sounded like they were having fun. 
he could feel a noose around his neck, and he could hear them getting closer. He tried to scream. He tried to move, but nothing happened. And as the kids stepped onto the creaking floorboards, he felt himself plunge down the last thing he ever felt. Bobby was never found. Something he ran off to join the carnival. They were sort of right. So be careful on strange carnivals and don't take what doesn't belong to you. The Polybius game in Portland in 1981, a mysterious new video game showed up in a few arcades called Polybius. It soon became very popular with the local kids and the teenagers that went to the arcade, so much so that they began to argue and fight over who got to play next. The game was said to be very addictive, and people wanted to play it for hours, getting angrier and more deranged as time went on. It was alleged that those who played the game too much started to have trouble sleeping, began to forget things, have terrible nightmares, and hallucinate. But all they wanted to do was get back to playing the game. No matter how bad they felt, it was like it was draining them of their lives. Worse, there were reports that sinister-looking men in black would go to the arcades after hours and do something to the game. Some said they were making adjustments and or extracting data collected from each player. Though what this could be, no one knew. Was the game some kind of experiment to see how humans would react in certain situations? Were aliens secretly mind-controlling a group of people for some purpose that has never been revealed? The game didn't stay in the arcades for too long. It disappeared almost overnight. It was as if whoever was conducting the experiment got what they needed, loaded up all the copies, and disappeared. With the game as mysteriously as it had showed up. But what if the players were they damaged for life by this game? No one knows. It's a bizarre and creepy story, to be sure. The only problem is there's no real evidence that the game ever existed, and the first mentions of it date from around the year 2000, though there might be a couple mentions in the mid-1990s. Some researchers think that an earlier version of the legend may have sprung up as early as the mid-1980s and was based on some problems that were happening with real-life video games, such as Tempest and Asteroids, where players did get sick if they played for too long. In 2006, someone calling himself Stephen Roach claimed that he had indeed worked on the original Polymus arcade game and that it was rolled out in a few arcades in 1981. He said it featured some very new and innovative graphics, but that 
One boy suffered an epileptic shock attack after playing. So the company quickly withdrew the game from arcades. That was the real source of the urban legends. However, no one has been able to prove or disapprove the story, so the mystery remains. More recently, a game called Polyrus has been made for PC and PlayStation, but it is based on the urban legend and does not claim to be the original game that allegedly caused so much trouble in such a short time. Was there ever an original Polyrus arcade game that drove players to the brink of insanity? Only the men in black know for sure. The Hatchet House of Portal, Nebraska. You've probably had a few teachers that you didn't like. Something about them, right? The way they talked and looked at you, maybe criticized you in front of everyone. Something, and maybe you hated going to that class, but had no choice. But what if the opposite were true? What if you had a teacher that couldn't stand you? Would you know what they tell you? Probably not. But they might give you clues about how they felt. A sneer, a dirty look, an occasional bad grade. If you've had all those things happen to you, and you're convinced now that your teacher doesn't like you, you're honestly lucky and got off easy. If one story from Nebraska is to be believed, a legend tells of a school in Portal, Nebraska, in the early 1900s. At the time, it was a one-room schoolhouse, meaning the teacher had to teach children of all ages and grade levels, all in one big room. This common way of schooling back in the day was a big responsibility and probably a big pain. You can understand how a teacher might feel overwhelmed and get really tired and frustrated. But what would happen if one day your teacher just snapped? Well, according to the story, that's exactly what happened in Portal. A teacher who had otherwise been nice and good at her job just lost it one day. What did she do? Did she yell at everyone? send them home? Oh no, she locked the doors so the kids couldn't escape. Then she took a hatchet and cut off each of their heads. But that wasn't the end. She put each student's head on the desk where they sat and then proceeded to cut out their hearts. She took the hearts to a nearby bridge where she dumped them into the water below. After that, she was overcome with guilt and grief, though what happened to her is unknown. The bridge where a terrible crime concluded is not known as Heartbeat Bridge. The local legends say that if you walk over the bridge at night, you can hear the children's heartbeats going thump, thump, preserved forever in a phantom replay. Some people have claimed to see the ghost of the woman, doomed forever to wonder because she can't make peace with her awful 
indeed. The school was moved from its location in Portal to another town, but some have claimed they have seen and heard things there, meaning that the building took its curse with it. Of course, there's no record of a school teacher killing her class in such a horrible way, and the whole thing is probably just a made-up campfire story. Then again, maybe the town was just too awful, and the town authorities tried to cover it up. Hook Man A teenager was driving to a remote location with his girlfriend one night so they could be alone to smooch. It was sometime in the 1950s, which we like to think of a simpler and happier time, but that really wasn't the case, as the story is about to show. The two reached their desired location at the end of Lover's Lane. The boy turned on the radio for some mood music, and all was going as planned. The music was interrupted by a news broadcast. It warned that a dangerous madman had escaped from a nearby asylum. In place of his right hand, the man had a sharp hook. The girl was afraid, but the boy assured her that there was nothing to worry about. He locked the doors and wanted to resume kissing, but the girl insisted so. Frustrated, the boy started the car and drove back to town. When they arrived at her home, she got out of the car and screamed because a bloody hook was hanging from the door handle. Or they were a lover's lane spot. But after hearing the report, the girl was sure that a shadowy figure was watching them. The boy got out to have a look. But didn't see anything when he returned to the car. She was very quiet, and he didn't know why until he looked closer and saw that she was dead. A large hook stuck in her neck or chest, or there in the woods, but the car is giving them trouble. So the boy heads back up the road to get help. She turns on the radio and hears the reports about the hookman, and is then startled by thumping on the roof over and over. She is terrified, but eventually she breaks a quick look, only to see hookman sitting on the roof, hanging, banging the dead boyfriend's head on the car, and over. Or, well, you get the idea. The basic plot of the two lovers lane into something terrible is pretty common and shows up all over. There are many versions of the story, even ones where the girl makes it back to the police, who return to find grisly evidence of the hookman's crime. The legend may have either been the kind that teenagers like to tell to one another, silly, or even a story made up some clever adult warning. Those same teenagers not to get up 
to any hanky panky in the dark. <laughs> no matter where it came from, it's definitely influenced a lot of horror movies later on. And we can all agree that sitting in a parked car in the middle of nowhere late at night is probably not a great idea. A killer in the back seat. A woman driving late at night stops for gas. She fills up her tank and pays for it at the pump with her credit card. She is about to get back into her car when a voice from the station sounds out at the pump. An attendant tells her that there was a problem with her card and that she needs to come into the station to take care of it. The woman protests that the cell was approved and everything seems fine, but the attendant insists she come in right now. She doesn't like his tone, but heads inside to argue with him. Once inside, the attendant tells her to remain calm and not look back at the car or do anything in haste. The woman is told that while she was pumping gas, a dark, shadowy figure snuck into the back seat of her car. The attendant has already called the police, who are on their way. He tells her to stay right there. Pretend to argue, pretend to shop for some food or whatever until they arrive. Sure enough, the police show up a minute or two later and arrest the man in the back seat, who turns out to be a murderer. Would the woman have been his next victim? Very likely. It's a creepy story, alright, but it's true. But is it true? Again, not likely. Versions of it have been going around since the 1960s, though it may have been inspired by the true story of a criminal who snuck into the back seat of a police car. More recently, a version on the internet in the early 2000s claimed that the man sneaking into the car was doing it as part of a test to join a gang and that he intended to kidnap the woman. When the police arrived, he ran off. The post was very serious and was of the classic. A friend told me this happened to her variety of urban legend and ended with a warning to keep your eyes open, keep your doors locked, check the back seat before getting in, and watch out for trouble. It was signed by a woman whose title was Secretary Directory of Training U.S. Army Military Police School, which sound very legitimate, but despite a lot of people believing it and sharing it online, there's no evidence that the story ever happened. Another version of the story involves a driver seemingly pursued by a truck that keeps flashing high beams. The driver panics, and in some versions, the truck even bumps the car from behind. The driver finally makes it home and runs inside, only to discover that the truck driver knew a murderer was in the back seat of the car and was flashing his lights to prevent the killer from sitting up 
and attacking. The driver is finally able to call the police who arrest the hiding man and thank the trucker who was a good guy all along. Alright, so that's the end of Urban Legends Part 2. So I will be doing a Part 3 soon. So stay tuned. And also wanted to mention too, if you ever do need a friend to talk to or anything, please visit my link in my description box. Um, and you can find me at sevencups.com slash mmbarbieh. So appreciate that too and um want to let you know that you are so amazing and so beautiful and you are not alone whatever you may be going through so i just want to let you know that too and i hope you um enjoyed this and um yeah so leave me a comment let me know um and all of that so i hope you enjoyed it and um yeah so i hope you have a good weekend and week and have a good night too and um know that you are so loved and i love you all and until next time adios Shh.